Ready. All right. Hello, hello. Episode number six of the Goal Line Gurus podcast. As always, I'm Seth DeHaven. Uh, on my left side today, the man himself, Cody Covers, sports guru of every sport there is, and my man on the right, Dominic Stefanacci, dominating fantasy football leagues across the country. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen you guys. Super excited to be back. We have a pretty cool breakdown for you guys today. Uh, going over both North divisions of the AFC and NFC, um, a lot of question marks in kind of both of them at the top possibly, but um, not really much to go over over the last couple of weeks. I think a big thing, Ricky Fowler back in the wing column um, in the golf world, that was pretty cool to see. Um, other than that, not much going on. So uh, we're kind of at that little dead period unless you're a big baseball fan, but um, we're going to hop right into it today. We are going to break down the AFC North first. Um, obviously, the North Division covering the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and Bengals. Uh, maybe a pretty tough division this year there at the top. So we'll break down our top four here, all three of us. Uh, we'll start out with Cody, um, and then we'll kind of get into uh, the teams first. But Cody, break down your top four there in the AFC North. Yeah, so at one, I have Cincy. Two, I'm going to have Baltimore. Three, I'm going to have Pittsburgh. And then rounding out at four, Cleveland. Cleveland. All right. Dom has a weird look there. So, Dom, let's hear your uh, top four here. Interesting. I think this could be one of the be better divisions in the league this year. All teams projected to have a over under eight and a half wins. So I thought that was pretty interesting. All teams went three and three last year in, in the division. Also, also very interesting, but back-to-back uh, -back winners, we got the Cincinnati Bengals, followed by the Cleveland Browns, number three, the Baltimore Ravens, and following the pack at four, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, and it seems like all four or all three of our lists will be different. Uh, I do have, as you guys said, kind of consensus there, possibly. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals coming in at the top spot, the Baltimore Ravens finishing second, the Cleveland Browns finishing at number three, and the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing at number four. Um, I want to hop into right away, since we had them all first, let's hop into the Cincinnati Bengals right away. Um, I do have some questions for you guys, but um, some pretty big losses actually for them. So it's actually probably very surprising to see a lot of us still having them at the top. I think a few people think Cleveland might take them over. I think a few people think Baltimore might take them over. So it's definitely a division we are excited to see. But they're losing guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bell, Eli Apple, Samaj P. Ryan, Hayden Hurst. Those are some big names from a, a, from that team last year. Um, additions, you get guys like Irv Smith, Nick Scott, Jermaine Pratt, offensive line help in Orlando Brown. Um, so, Cody, I do want to open up questions for you. Let's talk about Joe Burrow a little bit in the year that you expect him to have. Obviously, the guy's elite, right? We saw it at LSU, um, Heisman winner. Kind of talk about Joe Burrow and what year you expect him to have with Cincinnati. Yeah, so um, I got my first real hot take of the year so far with Joe Burrow. Um, I think that this is going to be an MVP campaign this year. Very high on him, as you Related to earlier, um, he got a little bit of offensive line help. Um, and he's playing with a couple guys like Alex Kappa 
You know, he's just he's learning his offensive line more and more. Jamar Chase going into another year together. Um, they, those two are, you know, debatably the best wide receiver quarterback tandem in the league just because they're so familiar with each other's games. Um, and I just really if I was a if I was a betting man and I was going to take a, a flyer on a on a future bet, I, I really like Joe Burrow MVP this year. I don't know what the odds are at this year, but I really think he can have an MVP campaign type year. Um, you know, 5,000 yards definitely is in the is in the picture. Maybe he doesn't throw for quite, but he is a very good game manager. Doesn't really turn the ball over a lot. Um, and, you know, that touchdown interception ratio should look real good. It really just depends on how the rest of the team performs, um, meaning the defense, how they do, because they're going to have no problem putting up uh, numbers on the offense end with T Higgins and Jamar. Um, so yeah, MVP campaign. That's my first hot take of the year. Yeah. And I, I had him actually for me, if I, if you guys remember my quarterback list for fantasy, he did come in at my number one. So I kind of agree with you Threw for just shy of 4,500 yards last year, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, I think it's another big year for him. 68% completion percentage as well. So Definitely a complete running back. Um, definitely, I would say, one of, if not the best pocket passer in the league, right? Not much mobility there from him, but uh, doesn't really need it. Um, I want to talk to Dom a little bit um, because they did obviously lose Samaje Ryan in that backfield. So it seems like Joe Mixon might be the guy this year to kind of take over that full workload. Um, they did get Chase Brown, uh, that, that running back from Illinois, I believe. I think that was a steal. I think they got him in the fifth round or something like that. So... I really liked that pickup, but it does seem like Joe Mixon may be the workhorse. What do you expect from him, Dom? Yeah, no, I like I like Joe Mixon being the workhorse. Um, with P. Ryan leaving, he doesn't really have a solidified back. He got um, also Chris Evans over there and Trayvon Williams. Um, those guys have been in the league a few years, and you're really not seeing too much out of them. So it's going to be Joe Mixon's show unless Chase Brown wows us, which – I won't. I don't really see. So I could see Joe Mixon having a pretty good year here, um, unless he gets hurt, which he's had a little injury bug in his past. But um, he he could definitely be a good running back this year for the Cincinnati Bengals. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run the ball, um, and with the talent they have at the wide receiver position, he he could he's poised to have a really good year. Yeah, and uh, I think he had 800 rushing yards, about 400 receiving last year, and I, I, I'm not sure, seven or so touchdowns, maybe nine nine total, I think seven on the ground. Um, what what number would you like to see go up a little bit, Dom? I mean, rushing yards, I mean, he's got to be a 1,000-yard rusher this year, right, for Cincinnati to make a deep playoff run and, and be a good, a pretty decent team? Yeah, I, I could see about the same. Um, they'll definitely lean more on Chase and Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and I think they'll test a little more of the waters with Irv Smith. I think an upgrade of tight end at the position than what they had last year. So they probably won't depend on Mixon as much, but he will definitely get his. I wouldn't, I would say about 800 is probably right. Um, if he could sustain that and run the ball better in the playoffs, now we're getting somewhere, but we'll hold off on that until later. I, I think more of the same for the running situation. Yeah, I would I would definitely like to see him rush for a lot more this year. I, I think uh, 
with him being the lead back, I think he's got to go over at least a thousand, right? I would like to see him up in the 11, 1200 range. The receiving part of his game has always been pretty decent. Obviously, you just mentioned it, and we're going to get into that now. But the receiving doesn't really need to be that high for Joe Mixon, right? I mean, he needs to be there to catch some checkdowns when when nothing's open. But how many times is that going to happen, right? With Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Irv Smith now, who a lot of people are very high on with that pickup. Uh, Cody, just talk about that wide receiver trio a little bit. I mean, it's got to be the best in football, if not one of the best in football. Yeah, I've had this debate quite a quite a few uh, times with the Miami duo, with Cincy duo, and Philly duo. You know, I think those are really the top three duos in the league right now. Um, but I I truly do think that they are the best duo in the league, and I think a lot of it has to do with just um, you know the run after catch that Jamar Chase brings, and then a big body option and T Higgins. They got a lot of versatility. Um, And, you know, I, I really, truly think that that duo is, is the best in the league um, that expect big things often. Both of those guys will put up wide receiver one numbers this year. So you can't really go wrong with drafting either one of them um, early, you know, Jamar is going to go first round and then it's looking like T Higgins is, you know, round, uh, round two, you know, even slipping maybe into round threes, depending on how deep your draft is and how many people are in your draft. But Uh, you really can't go wrong with either of these guys. Uh, best duo in the league, in my opinion. Now, Cody, Cody, does the quarterback play a role into that, or are you pure talent on wide receiver? Yeah, I think definitely the quarterback situation plays. I mean, I'm high on Jalen Hurts. I think he's great. Um, I just think that really that Jamar Chase edges out A.J. Brown a little bit as a wide receiver, true wide receiver one status. And then I think that Uh, like T Higgins is a little bit better than Devontae Smith right now. I'm not saying that that can change in the future, but I just think that T Higgins is really slept on. I think that if he went to any team right now, he could be a wide receiver one, but it also has to stem from the quarterback play. Like I said earlier with Jamar and, and Joe Burrow, th those two are so in sync, man. You're not going to find a quarterback wide receiver uh, tandem that is going to have as much chemistry as those guys have had. I mean, they played for years now, man, and they're just cracking the surface. So the, the, the more that it goes into their careers, it's sounding like they really want to play with each other um, for the long haul. And I mean, they're only going to grow together and Joe Burrow. I mean, he's going to put the ball there. It's just Jamar Chase. just has to, If he can limit his drops this year, because he does have a problem with dropping the ball, you know, He doesn't have a problem with playmaking ability. The big thing is if he if he can limit half of his drops, man, this guy can possibly be wide receiver one total in all of fantasy. I mean, he's got that kind of upside. And then we all know what T Higgins brings, man. He's a big body. Throw it up to him in the end zone. He's going to go up and he's going to get it. So, yeah, I, but quarterback play does does definitely weigh into my mind. Absolutely. And there is a huge possibility. Obviously, you guys know this being fantasy football players, but Jamar Chase is going one in a lot of drafts there. He is projected kind of top three, top five, depending on your format. Um, you could argue it's is it is it Chase or Jefferson, right? Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, who's the better receiver. But regardless, it seems like the skill set of obviously Burrow and then their skill guys, right? And Mixon and Boyd and Higgins and Jamar Chase. It, that's not really the issue, right? I think Cincinnati has had a big problem on the defensive end and also the offensive line. 
Um, Dom, obviously they get Orlando Brown. The offensive line still isn't great. Does that concern you a little bit for Cincinnati at all? Yeah, of course. That's why Joe Burrow tore his ACL his rookie year. Um, they got to they just got to protect the guy. I think his second year in the league, he had the most sacks in the league, most sack quarterback. I mean, that's ridiculous. They spent a number one overall draft pick on him, tears his ACL, most sack quarterback second year. They protect him a little bit better in his third year, and he had a pretty doggone good year last year. So yeah. um, if they could get more help, that'd be great. But they got to protect that. They got to protect that, man. And this question is going to be for both of you, because I think this really rounds out the Bengals' concerns this year if, if they are going to be a Super Bowl contender. They draft Miles Murphy in the first round from Clemson. I think that was really their biggest defensive addition. They lost some big names, man. Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Eli Apple. That is some big-name losses for a defense that hasn't been that great. So who do you think has more pressure? We'll open the question first to Cody, the offensive line or the Cincinnati Bengals defense? Because I think everything, obviously, everything else is there already, right? So what do you think has to perform better? Yeah, well, to go with Dom's, you know, year two thing with Joe Burrow, I mean, he's most sacked quarterback in the league and still found a way to be uh, there in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it, you know? So uh, that's a big concern, but really it's just mainly for the health reason. I mean, this kid's going to stay in the pocket and he's going to give you everything that he's got. Um, he's going to dot the ball. He knows where to get it. I think that, you know, the, the pressure is going to definitely be on the defensive end, Seth. I think that that's no question. Absolutely defensive end. Like I said, you know, they signed Alex Cap this year, but last year, um, Orlando Brown, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's very good. He's a very good offensive lineman. Um, and, he, and they're growing together, you know, so the, I think that the offensive line is going to protect him pretty well this year. Um, I think he's going to have MVP campaign. Like I said, it's all going to be on the defensive end. They lost a lot of their secondary guys. Very good. Von Bell, Jesse Bates. I mean, those guys are going to be hard to replace, man. So really, it's just a question mark with with the defense. But that Miles Murphy kid, he he looks pretty good, but. It's really just I think it's going to be more on the secondary, man. It's it's going to be a lot on the secondary and there's going to be a lot of questions that are answered very early on in the year. Um, the thing is, is that they can score with anybody. It's it, are they going to be able to stop any, any everybody's passing game? So as we go into a more pass heavy league, you know, so definitely defensive end. And yeah, Dom, are you do you kind of agree on the defense or do you think just the offensive line? Because they're going to score points, right? Like how many points yeah. do you really need to limit? For no, yeah, I'm with Cody here. It's it's on the defense. You think about that AFC North, and it's that's a defensive-minded uh, division. You, you think the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, man, those are stout defenses, man. Can they limit the points to score enough points to win the game? That's it, and it's going to come up. It's going to come down to their defense. Yeah, they can outscore people, but that division historically has always been a close game usually won by the defense with a game-winning drive. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, uh, but with all those losses and, you know, some of the key additions, I think all of us do agree that Cincy, the way that they can play the caliber team that they are with Burrow at the helm should finish one in that division. Let's move over to Baltimore now. Um, I know that I think Cody and I had Baltimore finishing at two. Dom had them finishing at three. But let's talk about Baltimore 
We're going to open it up with um, Dom here. They did have some nice additions, right? Lamar resigns, OBJ, Trey Flowers, Nelson Aguilar. So they got him some positional help there, obviously at receiver that he's been wanting for a while. They also got my favorite name in fo football, Rakia Sin, came over there as well. But talk about Lamar Jackson just a little bit um, and kind of the year that you expect from him. Definitely a bounce back here, I, I hope. Um, from what he kind of put on last year and getting that contract, negotiating that himself, which is pretty dang awesome, he should come into his own. They got some names. Um, they got an older name, OBJ. They got two new names, um, Zay Flowers, and um, a new one last year, Rashad Bateman. And he's saying that, Lamar is saying that Rashad Bateman is a clear-cut one. So now he's going to have weapons on the outside. He should have a run game. So he's going to have everything there. New OC. So we'll see how he we'll see how he reacts and conforms. So I'm I'm expecting a much better year this year than last year. And and I don't I don't really remember where you had him, but you had him obviously in your top five. Uh, you see a big year out of him. Just where do you see want him to grow just a little bit to kind of take his game to that next level? It's definitely the pass accuracy. And um, having receivers open, um, I mean, they didn't have any last year. It was kind of like, uh, who's who's healthy this week? They lost Mark Andrews for a lot of the year last year. So I think it's going to be pass accuracy and pass yards. They they need to have a more upflow tempo offense. You saw last year they were kind of running slow and malicious down the field and getting down there. No, freaking let's go. Little, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, tempo, temp, high-tempoed offense for sure. Obviously, it helps when you have a quarterback that probably the best running quarterback that we may have ever seen, depending. I mean, Justin Fields, you could argue. Jalen Hurts, another guy. But Lamar Jackson, definitely excited to see what he does getting that big contract. Well-deserved as well. But adding some receivers, if they can stay healthy, I, I think they can be a serious contender there in the AFC. Um, speaking of health. I mean, Cody, let's move over to J.K. Dobbins. I think a lot of people really are high on this guy. I think a lot of people like him. Obviously, a great running back coming out of Ohio State. The same running back tandem of him and Gus Edwards is going to be back there. Just talk about the running back tandem. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins is the guy, but what do you see from J.K. this year in that Baltimore offense? Yeah, I mean, this is J.K. Dobbins' year, right? I mean, it's the make-it-or-break-it year, really. You know, let's stay healthy. Let's get the run game going. If you get the run game going, the, the play-action read with Lamar Jackson opens up. You know, they have to honor him. And then also that helps the passing game out. So I think that they're going to rely heavily on J.K. Dobbins. He should have no problem. He's got he should have plenty of tread on the tires, you know, so he should get a lot of workload this year. I'm pretty high on him. I've been drafting him in a lot of redraft leagues um, just because we've seen what he can do, you know, whenever he he is on the field. I mean, this this guy is very he's a very capable runner um, fantasy wise and just NFL wise. He's a very good back. He's a complete back. Um, the question mark's going to be Gus Edwards. You know, it's been a while since we've seen that guy. Um, I just don't think that he really gets the the amount of reps that J.K. Dobbins is going to demand this year. And I think that J.K. should be in line for a workhorse year. I think that he should. this could be a breakout year for him, you know, if, if everything goes right and he could just stay healthy. And I think you said it. I think you said it great, right? A lot of tread on the tires. He only had 92 carries last year, obviously wasn't himself 
at all. Didn't play much, but 92 carries. I think he had 500 or 500 plus rushing yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, he's, I think he's a complete back. Obviously he is going to be the guy to run and catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so definitely want to wait and see there. And I think you said it best. I, I think you both have said it best. Health is the biggest concern for, for Baltimore. I think if they stay healthy, they can definitely be a team that is scary because of their depth. Let's talk about the receiving core, Dom, just a little bit here. Obviously, OBJ coming over. They draft Zay Flowers and then Rashad Bateman, who, who a lot of people really do like as well. I mean, um, and then obviously the man himself, Mark Andrews. That's going to probably be his number one target still, I think. Um, but just kind of talk about the wide receiver depth and what that is going to do for them this year if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I, I think your wide receiver one is Mark Andrews. Um, he's going to be your number one option for me. Um, and then second would, would be Rashad Bateman. What does he look like coming back from last year? Um, Zay Flowers, unproven, a lot of upside potential coming out of Boston College. We'll see. His ADP is about 53, so middle middle of the pack, kind of just coasting, kind of just still – what, how is he going to do in that Baltimore offense? And then you got OBJ, right? What's he going to do? What's he going to What's he going to bring with a year off? I'm seeing I'm seeing a little better in leadership. I'm not sold on his leadership per se. Uh, this it's just this is a tough wide receiver room to nail, right? I feel like one of them is going to do really well. Besides Mark Andrews, of course, one of them is going to do really well. One of them is going to have a Cody mid year, and one of them is just going to be absolute not even coming into play but that's just me and let's talk about i mean let's talk about it from fantasy purposes right uh rashad bateman mark andrews i think he's going like mid to late second rounds i i I take him in the mid second round probably but um what do you kind of see and who has to step up who needs to be the main guy to step up out of that receiving core between bateman beckham and flowers i would go with bateman He's he's had a little proven record on the field, not too much, but a little bit more than Zay. OBJ's been around the league. He'll probably get guarded a little more. He'll probably get the number one corner or whatever. But I would say Rashad Bayman's who I would take my flyer on for the wide receiver court. What about you, Cody? Who are you thinking there? Yeah, out of those three, I'm draft I'm drafting um, Rashad Bateman definitely. I. I like his ADP the best out of all of them. And Dom said it best, OBJ. I mean, he can have a, a good year. There's just a lot of question marks. Um, in re- Lamar has talked good about Rashad Bateman since he came into the league. It seems like those guys have a connection. And the yards after catch, man, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit for, for Bateman. You know, he's a, he's a freak athlete. I, I definitely am drafting all of Rashad Bateman compared to Flowers and OBJ. Right. You got you got Bateman ADP 47, you got OBJ yeah. ADP 50, and you got Zay Flowers ADP 53. That just tells you they don't know what they don't know what to think. Yeah, it's it's all up in the air, man, you know. And I think that's going to I just think it's going to benefit Mark Andrews just those names being there to be honest. Like he had 73 catches, 800 and just shy of 850 last year. I think he's going to go over a thousand this year if he can stay healthy for sure. For sure. Uh, You could definitely, I, this may be a little bit biased. I've always been a Mark Andrews fans, but I think he is the best receiving tight end. I know Travis Kelsey, you're going to say Travis Kelsey or whomever, but if you watch him run routes and just watch him run the seam, 
it's it's unstoppable. It kind of reminds me of Gronk a little bit. I know he doesn't have like that bulkiness of Gronk, but you can't stop Mark Andrews down the scene. You really can't. You can't get around him. Yeah, you can't. And I, I'm very excited to kind of see just maybe even adding, maybe even if OBJ and Bateman and Trey Flowers, maybe if they don't have the years that you want them to have, maybe that opens up a little bit of room for Mark Andrews to kind of even make that ceiling already a little bit higher than it already is. Um, they did lose some O-line help. Uh, they're still going to be a decent little O-line. Um, let's talk about their defense real quick. Um, obviously, a very stout defense, as you guys said. Uh, Roquan Smith, Rocky Sin comes over. Uh, Marcus Williams, you got Marlon Humphrey. So you got some big-name guys over there. Um, Cody, just talk about the defense a little bit and what they need to do just for them to be contenders in the AFC. Yeah, I, I really don't have that many question marks on their defense. I know what their defense is going to bring, you know. Their defense is going to have them in games late. Um, and I, I really don't have any anything about uh, bad to say about the defense. I think that it's one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best. And Dom was saying earlier that this that the AFC North, you know, it's stacked defense-wise. But I think that by far they have the best defense in the AFC North. Um, you know, Marlon Humphreys is still elite. Uh, I mean, they, they got playmakers everywhere on the field, you know, uh, they're going to, they're going to get the ball. They're going to put the ball in their offense's hands a lot. It's just on the offense to capitalize. Yeah. And let's, and I'll final question for Don before we leave Baltimore here, who has the most pressure, the O-line, the receiving core, uh, you know, the defense, what, who do you need, who needs to be in the kind of their top of their game this year for Baltimore to not only win AFC North, but maybe make a, make a Super Bowl run. Uh, my opinion is going to be Lamar. Um, they got him the weapons. Uh, running back should be healthy. They should be there. Mark Andrews is back. The defense is always there. They're always really good. So it's it's going to be up to Lamar. He he got the contract. Now it's time to play ball. Now it's time to go win a Super Bowl. Back up the MVP season. That's it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and I think it's like you said, a lot of talent in that division. We'll wait and see. Um, it is on Lamar, though. Gets that big deal. We'll kind of see what he does with it. Let's yeah. move Let's over. Show, show, uh, show some love to the best kicker in the league, too. Oh, Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, I, you, I, I think it's Young Way Koo, but uh, that's just I – like, I like Young Way Koo. Young Way Koo is my guy, but Justin Tucker, obviously, stud. Um, let's move over now. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Dom's number two. Cody's number four, my number three. So we had these guys, this, these guys slotted in all different kind of spots, right? Uh, Cleveland Brown, they didn't do much, right? They didn't add much. They added some defensive guys. Um, and I believe they got, um, I'm trying to say, I'm trying Elijah to Moore is one of them. Elijah Moore is the big ad. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. It was just a lot of defensive guys, it really seemed like to me. Yeah, I mean, that really is it. So let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Deshaun Watson for a second, Dom. Obviously, wasn't himself when he came back off suspension last year. Uh, he was a stud with Houston. I mean, he was he was an MVP candidate with Houston. Can he kind of get back to that, or do you think he has evolved a different type of game now and just, or maybe even a game manager type role? What do you see from Deshaun Watson? I see him coming back to his form. Um, that's a lot of the reason I had him at two for me. Taking over, taking over the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, I got, I got a lot of faith in Deshaun this year. Coming back last year, just, just kind of thrown in there. Um, just 
not set up for success. I think that with the weapons that they brought in with Elijah Moore, the big one, um, he's he's poised to have a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the big. I mean, they had a they had a couple of big losses, right? Clowney's gone. Uh, Kareem Hunt no longer in the backfield for them. And what really hurt them, I think, more than anything that a lot of people probably really looked past was they didn't have a pick till the third round in the NFL draft. So they didn't get many young, talented guys that may make an immediate impact. So let's, Cody, let's talk about Nick Chubb, right? It's, I think a lot of people know what kind of runner he is. I don't think there's any question mark about how great of a runner he is. Kareem Hunt is gone. Jerome Ford is kind of that secondary back for them this year, which shouldn't play a role at all. Um, so Nick Chubb is going to have to step up in the passing game. Where do you see his ceiling this year? Kind of with fantasy, but just on the field. Yeah, another guy, too, that's gone is Dearness Johnson. Shout out 239. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Nick Chubb. Bet, in my opinion, best pure runner in the NFL has been since his rookie year, really. It's crazy that they didn't feed him the ball more his rookie year. Um, his ceiling for me is, um, you know, he can he can end the season, you know, running back three. I don't I can't put him ahead of CMC uh, quite yet, but just because CMC does a little bit more in the pass game. Um, so it's a little bit tough. Same thing with Austin Eckler. You know, those guys get a lot of balls thrown and, and mainly the, the redraft leagues that I'm in are going to be full PPR. If it was half PPR format, I would say, you know, he could end definitely as a RB1, you know, on the year total. So if you go out and you draft this guy early, like end of your first round, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, don't let, don't let the guys in your league, you know, sway you away from, because as you were saying, they've had a lot of departures with their running backs, you know, and, and he's ready to, He's ready to do what he does, man. And I think he knows that. The team knows that. A lot of pressure on him this year. They didn't really bolster their, their wide receiver core. So, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be running the ball a lot. So early and often. Do you, do you see him repeating kind of the rushing year he had last year? I think he had a touch over 300 carries, 1,500 rushing yards, uh, 12 touchdowns on the ground. Um, only 200 receiving yards through the air, and I think he had one receiving touchdown. So, obviously, do you see him kind of maintaining that rushing upside? And then how much more passing or receiving upside does he need to have this year? Yeah, so I actually had um, Kareem Hunt last year in a, in a redraft league as, like, my flex. And early on in the season, he was commanding a little bit of targets anywhere from, you know, two to five targets a game. He was really in between there. So I think that he can bolster his receiving definitely this year, a lot more screens for him. Um, just get him the ball in the open field and let's see what he can, if he can take it to the house or what he can do. So I think that he's absolutely going to have a couple more targets on the plate this year. And uh, for rushing wise, like I said, I think he's the best pure runner in the league. I think that he can easily average a hundred yards per game. 17 games I can easily see him having a 1700 yard season you know so I think that he it, the sky's the limit with him man like I said in half PPR leagues he can be a RB1 total and full PPR leagues it's I'm not going to say that but he, I could easily see him RB3 so that's where that's where I'm at with him yeah and I I think if he adds that receiving part to his game 
um, no question he finishes RB1. I, that's really what he's been missing, right? Um, you said it best, really the best pure runner in football. Maybe Derrick Henry has him there a little bit, but um, if he adds that receiving side, he's going to be good. Let's move over to Dom now for this receiving core. Obviously, Amari Cooper, a lot of hype around him this year. A lot of That's going to be the number one, most likely. Um, and then you add in Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, and David Njoku. I mean, it's a pretty good receiving core that they have over there. Um, talk about Amari Cooper a little bit, and then kind of talk about the guy who needs to step up behind him for that receiving core to kind of, you know, take another step forward this year. For sure. Yeah, no, uh, Amari Cooper last year kind of looked like he had a new breath of life leaving the Cowboys. He kind of, I don't know, it just seemed like he had another step to him or a little pep in his step. He, uh, he kind of shined last year, I thought from where I had him ranked and all that ADP 17 this year. I really like him. I think he will be the number one target for Deshaun. And I think he shows up this year. He goes over a thousand yards receiving. I'm hoping 10 tutties. We'll see. The guy that's got to step up behind him, I, I got a pretty split between Njoku and Elijah Moore. Um, just kind of bouncing between the two. I would go, I would go Moore just because he's got a lot to prove too. He was really, really hyped playing for the Jets. I mean, there was there was a lot of talk about him. I don't think he was set up for the most success over there. And I think he'll have a lot more opportunity here. Um, but Elijah Moore, man, he's got speed. They're gonna they're gonna use him a lot. And David Njoku seems like last year he kind of got rid of his drops issue that he had. Seems like his hands, he made one of the best one-handed touchdown catches I've seen last year. That was incredible. He's becoming more of a receiving tight end. He can block. Um, so I would say it would it'd be split on the more Njoku, but it'll be a good tandem feeding off of Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. Yeah, I think you said it best. I mean, Amari had 1,100 receiving yards last year, so I think there's going to be more of that this year. Elijah Moore, it's really tough. It's a really tough takeaway from last year, right? Because you can't say like, oh, he had a bad year. I think you said it best. He didn't get his opportunities. I don't know what was going on over there, um, but I actually really liked Elijah Moore last year. I was ready to kind of see the explosiveness. I mean, he's one of the fastest receivers in football, and he j it just didn't seem like he kind of got the opportunity he needed. So that was a perfect kind of verbiage there for what to expect this year, just usage-wise. And then you said it best with Njoku. I think the hype around this guy when he was drafted was how good of an athlete he was. You did see it last year. It did seem like he started catching the ball a lot more. So we will wait and see. Cody, I mean, kind of say, I, I want to extend that question to you real quick before we move, but Elijah Moore, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has to step up behind Amari Cooper uh, to kind of help um, Deshaun Watson in that pass game? Yeah, I think that Elijah Moore is definitely going to be the key here, product out of Ohio State. Um, we've seen what he did his rookie year. He had a very good rookie year. It was just a disconnect with him and Zach Wilson. He spoke about it openly and freely. There was something that was going on there. And he had to get out of there. So this is a revitalize. This is this may be a, a like Amari Cooper situation. This he, this may revitalize his career. Uh, hopefully it does because he's still young. I think we're going into year three with him now. So this is this is going to be a really big year. And he's he's going to be a perfect slot guy for Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson will get the ball out fast and get the ball to his playmakers. So um, it's so it's going to be a lot on a lot on Elijah Moore. And I expect pretty big things from him this year. 
I think, and I think a lot of people do expect a lot out of that Cleveland offense. It's, uh, I think it's go time for them, especially with the stout defense that they have, right? We, we don't have to, I don't think there's many bad things to say about it. I mean, Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, just a few of those guys. Um, Dom, just if you have any bad things to say or any good things, I mean, it's a stout defense. Um, what do they have to do just for them to kind of contend in the AFC North? More of the same. I think they did just fine last year. I mean, led by Miles Garrett. If he can keep his helmet on, I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, and Miles Garrett may be the best defensive player still in the NFL. You could definitely argue. Um, we will wait and see. I, I think it's going to be a tough, div, tough division. Let's move over to Pittsburgh, kind of the sleeper for everybody, right? Uh, Cody has him at three, Dom four, me four. Um, it's a young team. I, I think uh, it's going to be a good defense. A lot of question marks will be with Kenny Pickett in the offense. Um, Cody, we'll start with you here. Um, Kenny Pickett, right? Um, not a great year last year at, at all. I mean, he was a rookie. So I think he threw for 2,400 yards, seven touchdowns, nine picks. So not great, right? At about a 50 QBR. So uh, what do you kind of expect to see him in his second year? What steps does he need to make this year? Yeah, well, um, first, I just want to start off with uh, the reason why I have him at three over Cleveland is just due to the fact that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his career with them. I mean, they're going to they're going to figure out a way to win nine games no matter what this year. Like, I don't I don't care what anybody's opinions is. It's just proven. Um, so it was pretty hard for me. But this due to that fact, um, I I listened to a couple podcasts with Big Ben and then also with Mike Tomlin on as well. And uh, Pittsburgh really has embraced Kenny Pickett. He's a Pittsburgh kid. He's really bought into everything. Um, and Mike Tomlin has really given him the keys, man. Um, he talked about how this kid comes in early, watches tapes, is always the first one in of the facility and the last one out. He's really a true leader. And his teammates love him. His teammates do nothing but praise the guy all the time. Uh, I like him. I don't like that he plays with a glove on his throwing hand personally. Um, that That's a, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about that because I've never seen it before, really. Um, but I Kenny Pickett, he's a, he's a starting quarterback in the league, man. And he's a winner. He's proven that in the ACC over at Pitt. And, yeah, he might not wow you with his stats, but he's gonna he's he's gonna get the job done, and like we've said, this defense is very good. This defense is gonna give them the ball, um, and Kenny Pickett's he's not gonna make a lot of mistakes, or he's gonna try to limit his mistakes really this year. This year is gonna be his prove it year, and it it really just depends on how he shows up. But I I like him. I like the kid. And I think he has a little bit of pressure, right? Trubisky's right behind him, so that's he's Trubisky's all right. I mean, he's a good backup. Um, that's got to put a little bit of pressure on Kenny Pickett. It's definitely his offense. They're building around him, right? They go get Broderick Jones from Georgia with their first, with their first round pick. So, and then they add Allen Robinson, another pretty good piece to this receiving core, but Dom talk about Najee Harris, right? A lot of people last year said he didn't have a great year. And I think he had, he had a good year, but it wasn't Najee Harris material year, right? He still had over a thousand yards rushing. He had seven touchdowns on the ground. What do you kind of expect from him? And then maybe even Jalen Warren, his backup, who got some playing time last year. So do you think Jalen Warren may, may take some snaps or do they kind of get back to Najee being that guy? I would really love to see Najee have a 
freaking stellar year, man. He he's even with their struggles last year, he still eclipsed a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, a little low. Um, I'd like to see that go up for sure for a uh, fantasy play. Um, but Najee, man, I, the him coming out of Alabama, it was, it was that everybody wanted him for the most part. Um, what, what's not to like, I think there was a lot of setback with him just because of the situation he's in getting a rookie quarterback last year, bringing in Mitchell Trubisky being with Mason Rudolph. I mean, that carousel is just hurting him and it kind of, it, it, it kind of sucks and it, it devalues Najee Harris the whole way. And then now you got Jalen Warren coming in and it's like, okay, who's this guy last year kind of breaking on the, breaking on the scene. And it's like, he's getting touches now and now he's getting some catches and what's going on here. Najee was getting a little hurt. So I don't know. I'm not, I don't know where Najee's going to be, but we'll see. I'm, I'm not sold on him quite yet. The second half of his year was much better than the first half, I think. I know we did see a lot of Jalen Warren, it seemed like, in the second half. There there was a little bit of injury concern, I think, with Najee last year. I, I had him in fantasy. It seemed like he had a question, a question mark around his name every single week. Um, so maybe there was a little bit of injury concern. That's why we didn't see him get the touches. Um, and Pittsburgh, I mean, they were, they were really bad at one point. They finished the year extremely strong too. So maybe that has something to do with it. They knew that they may not make the playoffs, so they didn't want to push them. Um, but we definitely will wait and see what Don, where do you, I mean, where do you draft a guy like Najee Harris in fantasy this year before we kind of leave the running back room? I'm not, I'm staying away. I don't, I don't like the production coming out of the wide receiver room led by the quarterbacks. Too many, too much going on there for me. I don't like Kenny Pickett, small hands, staying away. We'll wait and see. I, I hope it's kind of like you said. I hope Najee has a good year because I think he has the talent, the tools to be a very good running back. So a lot, obviously, the question mark is going to be Kenny Pickett. Are they going to be playing from behind a lot? If they are, it's probably Jalen Warren that's going to be in there receiving the football, right? So that's also the big question mark. Cody, let's get into this receiving room. I'm going to open questions to both of you about this, but you have target machine Deontay Johnson, the number one. Um, George Pickens, a lot of people think that's a toss-up between who's one and two. They both had over 800 receiving yards last year, and then you had a three of Allen Robinson, who people are kind of forgetting about what how good this guy is. Uh, Penn State product, um, that's a very good three receiving core right there. And then you add in the, the big tight end, Friar Muth, who's been very solid as well. Kind of talk about the receiving core and kind of who do you see being that number one guy this year? Yes. Yeah, so I think that the clear cut number one always has been is going to be Deontay Johnson. I think he's one of the most slept on receivers along with Terry McLaurin in the league. Um, this guy, he doesn't drop the ball. He's a, I mean, just throw him the ball. He'll catch it. I mean, He's going to he's going to bring you value. I think one of the most overrated guys right now going in redraft leagues is going to be George Pickens. Personally, I'm staying away from him. That's just me. I, I just I think that a couple spectacular plays has really, you know, I mean, put this guy in a place that I don't know. I don't I don't think he's going to be able to chew chew off what people are really saying that he's going to be. I, I get it. I know that he makes spectacular catches, man. But. I mean, look at the proven guy, the 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 wide receiver one, Deontay Johnson. I mean, he continues to always put up wide receiver 15 or better campaigns fantasy-wise year in and year out. As for Allen Robinson, I drafted him in a redraft league last year, round 
four or five in a 14 man in my 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 very competitive league and he burnt me so bad man and let me tell you i literally i couldn't get rid of him all year even in the early on in the year nobody wanted him so i'm just gonna stay far away i know what he can bring to the table i mean a few years back what he was doing i just it's just very nerve-wracking with him man you know i you really don't know what you're gonna get out of him but I think definitely Deontay Johnson, clear cut wide receiver one. I'm drafting a lot of them this year. Uh, Kenny Pickens is a little bit up in the air, as Dom was saying. It's a little scary to pick up any of their offense, to be quite brutally honest. But, yeah, that's the, that's my go-to guy. And let's talk about the year he had last year, right? Eight, Deontay Johnson, 86 receptions, 147 total targets, 882 yards, zero touchdowns not a single touchdown last year so obviously that's going to have to go up um it, Kenny Kenny Pickett has the tool uh, he has the tools he has the he has the receiving core and the running back to do it um Dom I want to extend that question to you in a draft between Deontay Johnson George Pickens Allen Robinson which one of those guys are you kind of taking the risk on this year if you Ooh. do Ooh. Ah man. No is not and, nobody is not an answer here because I think that's your answer. But I would take Deontay Johnson with with the target share that he got. I mean, almost double everybody else. That is just insane. I mean, Pat Farmeath almost got a hundred. So if if the wide receiver one can get 150, tight end gets a hundred, the other two guys aren't gonna come close for me. I'll take the target share and just Cross my fingers and maybe he gets a touchdown this year. Yeah, and hopefully he gets a touchdown. That would be very shocking two years in a row to blank. But um, I'll just extend that answer too. I I didn't really mention it, but I think if I'm taking a risk on any of those guys, I I, I extend it to Fryermuth, right? I just think that Deontay Johnson, I think I'm seeing him in the fourth round, fourth, fifth round in some drafts, which is kind of hot, seems high to me. I know, Cody probably, I know Cody probably disagrees because he likes Deontay Johnson, but um, I, I think I'm staying away from the wide receiver room for a few weeks, and I think my risk would be Pat Fryermuth for sure. Let's talk about just a few of their additions real quick. Obviously, they added to the O-line. We just talked about Allen Robinson, um, Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., um, Patrick Peterson, Keanu Neal. So that's gonna we're going to move over to the defense. Um, it is the defense that is going to be the key piece for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dom, I mean, all those guys that I just named, and then you add in Mr. TJ Watt, who's probably the best defensive player in football, arguably Minka Fitzpatrick, um, Cam Hayward. My goodness, are they stout? Uh, does the offense even really have to be good for Pittsburgh to win this division? Um, or you know, what What do you just see from the defense? What do they need to do for them to win the division? They got to show up the whole game. They cannot take a series off, especially going against Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Deshaun Watson. They have to be on their game at all times. T.J. Watton has to stay healthy. I mean, this is – they have to. I mean, that, that was half the reason they didn't go negative last year. And they stayed above 500 for Mike Tomlin was their defense. They have to keep doing it. They have and, all the pressure in the world. And do you see Pittsburgh? Obviously, you have them at four. Do you kind of have them stuck there? Or can you see them finishing in front of Baltimore, Cleveland, or Cincy at all? 
I, I, I really can't unless Kenny Pickett comes out and comes firing and somebody gets hurt from one of those teams. I can't. Well, I guess that will extend the question. I don't know if there has ever been, and I could be wrong, but I don't know if there's ever been a fourth place team in a division finish over 500. So that would mean the Tomlin streak is over. Um, so we will wait and see kind of there for the AFC North. That does round out. I don't know if you guys have any further questions for me or if you guys have any comments. I, I just want to make one comment real fast on the defense, and you're going to love this, Seth. Um, there was a name that I kept on getting her uh, thrown around in the college world last year, and his name was Joey Porter. I, I think that Joey Porter, a Penn State product, as you were saying, I think that this kid can come in this year, and I think that he can be one of the best corners in the league. Second, I think he's – Second rounder, too. Yeah, he, he slipped. Early on last year, he was a clear-cut first-round corner coming out. Um, he just didn't test that well. But in a, Mike, in a Mike Tomlin and Steelers defense, you know, I think that this kid, the sky's the limit for him. I think that he can be – you know, I think he can have Sauce Gardner tight and with a Sauce Gardner type of production, and then uh, go go ahead and add the addition of Patrick Peterson. I mean, him just learning little things off of Pat P. You know, I I just want to give a shout out to Joey Porter, man. I think that I think that the sky's the limit for him this year. Yeah, and they lost like Cam Sutton and Devin Bush and Terrell Edmonds, and they lose these guys, and you're like, man, what are they going to do because their defense is who they rely on. <laughs> And then they turn around and, and get Patrick Peterson yeah. and Keanu Neal yeah. and, and Joey Porter in the draft. I mean, it was it's unbelievable. So I, that Steelers defense, man, it, it really could be one of the best in the league. Obviously, the offense is going to be the big question mark there of how well and what they can do this year. Tough division. Tough yeah. division. So we will move over to the NFC North now. Um, Dom, we will start with you. Give me your one through four. Then we'll go to Cody and then we'll kind of dissect mine as well. Uh, number one, Minnesota Vikings. Number two, Detroit Lions. Three, Green Bay Packers. Number four, Chicago Bears. All right, Cody. Yeah, number one is going to be the Vikings. Number two is going to be Detroit. Number three is going to be Chicago. And then number four is going to be Green Bay. All right. And per usual, we are all different. Um, Besides the one, Minnesota Vikings will come in at my number one. This may be a surprise to both of you, but I got Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears finishing two, Detroit finishing three, and Green Bay finishing number four. Um, we'll hop right in to the Minnesota Vikings to start the NFC North segment here. Um, I had a feeling this was going to be the number one team. Um, obviously, Let's talk about just the additions real quick. You get Mark in, Marcus Davenport, Byron Murphy, Alexander Madison gets extended, and then you go get Jordan Addison in the draft. Um, I see you guys doing some gritty motions there. Obviously, we all know who that is. But let's talk about um, – we'll start with Cody. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins just a little bit. Um, question marks around him every year, right? Like, can he win in prime time? Can he win when the lights are on? Threw for 4,500 last year, 29 touchdowns, 14 picks. Just, I think, 50 was his QBR. 65% um, completion percentage. So just talk about Kirk Cousins a little bit. It, I mean, do you see much upside or kind of the same? 
just the same, man. I think it's I think just if he could just win a couple games in prime time, you know, our at least my perception of Kirk would change a little bit because he does give you he puts up numbers year in and year out. You know, he's I mean that touchdown to interception ratio looks good every year. You know, he's a solid starting quarterback in the league. He gives you he gives you what he gives you, man. It's just winning the big one. Can he win the big one? That's the question mark everybody has. And I just need to see it to believe it. Yeah. And I, it's, I have mixed emotions about him, right? Like it, he looks really great and then he doesn't. It's just kind of like this every game. Um, when they get into the playoffs, it's almost non existent, right? It, no one believes the Minnesota Vikings are going to make a run. And a lot of pressure gets put on Kirk Cousins. Um, they lost. A lot. I'm actually surprised. Not, I'm not surprised, but it is weird to see them at all of our number ones with the losses of Dalvin Cook, Patrick Peterson, um, Eric Kendricks, Irv Smith, Adam Thielen. So they lose big name guys. But let's kind of talk about the running back room, Dom. Obviously, it's Alexander Madison time. I think Viking fans have kind of been ready for this for a little bit. Dalvin Cook, great running back. But we've seen glimpses of Alexander Madison when he gets in the game of how good he can be. Kind of talk about where you draft him, if you do, um, in the season that you have for him. Yeah, I like him um, in a 12-man league, 14-man league. 12-man league, I like him like around three to four, 14-man four to five. I think the volume will be there for sure. Um, Just can he hold up to what Dalvin Cook did? I mean, they look the same on the field. They both got... The same looks. I mean, they run about the same. Uh, Cook might have a little more elusiveness and speed to him, but dang, man, Madison, it's Madison's time to shine. He, he, I'm sure he's been wanting it the whole time, and he's he's shown glimpses of it when Cook's been hurt. But I'm expecting a pretty good RB2 campaign out of him. And, and my thing for the Vikings this year, it's not going to be on the wide receivers and Kirk Cousins as much as it is going to be on Madison. And if he can produce the uh, out of the running game, this team will just soar. And can he stay healthy, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook has had a tough time doing that. So I think that's going to be a big thing for the Vikings is, will a running back stay healthy? Um, there's no competition for him either, right? Ty Chandler's their number two back. I think he had six carries last year. So um, Alexander Madison did not even surpass 300 rushing yards last year. Obviously, that's a usage play I think he averaged just under four yards a carry so definitely some I'm excited to see it I think a lot of people are I think Viking fans are ready and I I know there's going to be people uh taking some risk on him and and you know the the end of second round early third rounds but I think you said it best I think third fourth round is a good spot for him um we just got to wait and see on him um let's go over to the wide receiver room led by the man himself Jay Jettas um you add draft pick Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, who's been pretty good. Um, they got Jalen Rager as well, but he hasn't really proven to be much of an NFL player, unfortunately. But Cody, talk about Justin Jefferson. I mean, the guy is about as, as elite as they come, right? 1,800 receiving yards, eight touchdowns last year, over 120 receptions. Uh, just talk about Justin Jefferson here. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, no, not even debatable first ballot Hall of Famer whenever this is all said and done. Um, and one of the best to ever lace him up at the wide receiver position, in my opinion. Um, 
there's not much that I can say statistically wise. Uh, be, I mean, and fantasy wise, I mean, if if you're in a full PPR league, Justin Jefferson won one all day. If I had picked one in any of my leagues, I know who I'm going with, and it'd be Mr. Justin Jefferson himself. Um, that's just me. Uh, I know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, and I don't really know how this guy can get any better, to be honest with you. You know, if there's any bit of incline, it's going to be like, wow, this is actually one of the greatest that we've ever seen. And the numbers that he's put up, man, his first couple of years in the league is just astronomical. If he could stay on this pace, I mean, it's just it's going to be an it's an incredible journey that we're watching and we just need to all soak it in and and this is this is our you know this is our Jerry Rice of the, of our generation so let's all let's all soak it in and and let's just enjoy greatness this year yeah and he said in an interview earlier uh a couple months back he said he was going for 2000 this year so i'm excited he can do it. i'm excited to see it I'll, i want to move this question over to Dom real quick um, obviously TJ Hawkinson is going to be the number two target there, but out of Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, who would you like to see step up behind Justin Jefferson? Because it, I don't think it's going to be the receiving core. That's the problem. Cause when you have a tight end receiver duo of Jefferson and Hawkinson, that's deadly. So who needs to kind of be that number three target for Kirk cousins, maybe just to take them one more step up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think they'll give the opportunity to Addison right away. Um, with Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson, like you said, what's not to like there? That's going to attract all the attention in the world over there, and it's just going to give one-on-one playability to Addison. And if he can prove to what he did in his career at USC, I mean, <laughs> the, the sky is kind of the limit there. And I, I think he takes some yardage from Jefferson this year for sure. I think that he's going to shine. I really see him having a really good year. He is a guy I am targeting purely because of, of Jefferson and Hawkinson. They're going to, I think, he, Kirk Cousins spreads the ball around and Addison is going to get his freaking chair. Yeah. And we'll, let's talk about Hawkinson real quick. I mean, Mr. Reliable, right? Like, there's not much you can really say that's bad about him. Cody, where are you taking him in your, in your drafts this year? Obviously, I think he's coming in. He came in for me at, at he's a top five tight end easily, right? So, where, what round are you kind of taking a risk on him this year? What do you think is kind of a safe ceiling? Or even maybe do you take a little bit of a risk on him this year? Um, yeah, I, you can't go wrong with, with Hawk. Uh, he's going to get a good amount of target share this year, and he's going to be he's going to have a lot of, you know, open seams. He's going to be able to score a lot just because there's going to be a lot of pressure and double teams on, on uh, JJ. But uh, – I could I could see myself taking him if he if he if I don't have a tight end by like round five round six in a twelve to fourteen man league. Um, I mean, other than that, I'm not as high on him as Dom is with wide eyes over there. Um, he ain't slipping to the fifth round. I'll tell you. Yeah, I, well, he's not going that far. I'm seeing middle. No. Four. I'm seeing middle four as yeah. late at, for late. So yeah, the question was where would I take him? Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to be honest with, I'm going to be honest. I'm with Cody. I, uh, I'm taking a guy like Dallas Goddard over TJ Hawkinson. Just because I can get Dallas Goddard's going round five. I can get Goddard in the fifth or sixth round. Um, And we're talking about Hawkinson. I'm seeing him sneak into the, into the third rounds, early fourth. So in terms of ADP, 
Um, I mean, I'm taking a guy like Dallas Goddard. George Kittle's dropping a little bit beneath Hawkinson, too. I think that's another guy that I take over Hawk um, just because of where they're being drafted. So Listen, I think I think that Jordan Addison is a better version of Adam Thielen. You know, I think that there's not going to be as much target share for Hawk this year. That's just my opinion. Yeah, he's very reliable. He's a good tight end, but I'm not taking him in a four in a fourth round in a 14 man, 12 man PPR formatted league. That that's just me. If he if he slips to me round five, you know. But if Dallas Goddard is there, I'm going Dallas Goddard all day, and that's just me. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, but you you can't argue what he did last year. 86 catches. Yeah. He had- 100 yards and tight end two tight end two we will see i mean but i think cody and i are on the same page there there's some guys that slip a little bit lower than him that i don't think he's going to outperform by that much if he does at all um so i i kind of like him in that fifth round range if he is there but as you said if there's a if there's a dallas goddard or george kittle sitting there i'm that's i'm taking a risk just a little bit higher than him um Let's kind of move here. Uh, let's talk about the defense real quick, and then we'll get off of the Vikings. Um, they lose a little bit, right? Um, they lose Patrick Peterson. They lose Eric Kendricks. Um, but they get guys like uh, Byron Murphy. Um, they get guys like – who else did they add? I just said it a few minutes ago. Um, uh, Marcus Davenport as well. So, Dom, just talk about the defense real quick. I don't think there's much to hate. It's a pretty, it's been a pretty good defense for a long time. So, um, more pressure on the defense, more pressure on the offense this year for Minnesota to be successful. Uh, it'll be on the offense, just with the stars that they have. It'll be that everybody's going to want to see them put up the numbers. All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about the Minnesota Vikings defense. So, let's move over here um, to. Dom's number four. Um, I think it was Cody's number three, and yep. they are my number two, the Chicago Bears. Um, I will start this one off because Justin Fields is my guy, right? Um, so I expect a big year out of Justin Fields. I kind of told you guys this. I could, I honestly could see him finishing in top five pretty easy. I, he's my sleepier quarterback to finish one. Um, obviously, we want to see him throw the ball a little bit more. We, I want to see him surpass at least 3,000 yards this year. Um, I think he had 2,200 last year. He did throw for 17 touchdowns. Um, he did have 11 picks. Um, but obviously, we know where he kind of makes his money, right? Uh, he, is a, he is a running quarterback. Um, this is a guy in fantasy that obviously if Mahomes is going to go in the third round, probably what I'm seeing Jalen Hurts is probably going in the third round as well. Um, Joe Burrow, early fourth. If I can get Justin Fields in the fifth round, um, I'm taking him in the fifth round. So I, a lot of people may think that's high, but I think Justin Fields is a big sleeper this year. So I'm super excited to kind of see the steps up that he takes. Um, I want to see him, like I said, I want to see him throw the ball a little bit more. Obviously, Chicago, um, they, they get a little bit better, right? Uh, they add... DJ Moore and Dante Foreman and um, they go get um, that rookie right out of Tennessee in the draft. Um, So that's, that's going to help them out. I want to see better play from the offensive line, but Justin Fields this year, I have a, I have a lot of uh, hype around him. Um, And I believe also they got PJ Walker as their backup. So that's going to help them. I think he kind of fits the scheme that they're, that they're going to kind of use this year as well. Um, 
I want to open it up to, let's go with Cody here first. Dante Foreman, Khalil Herbert. It's a pretty decent backfield. Uh, Dante Foreman was an ad. Um, who do you kind of see being the workhorse in that backfield? Um, what do you kind of expect from, from those two running backs? Yeah, I think that it's going to be a split committee, really. I can, um, I would like to see Khalil Herbert com- command more of the, of the, you know, the rushing in the, the pass game. I know that Khalil Herbert is going to demand more of the pass game. Uh, it just scares me with Dante Foreman. Um, whenever they get to goal line to goal line situations, you know, bring out the big back, take touchdowns away from Khalil Herbert. So I personally, I'm going to, I'm stay. I'm trying to stay away from them too. But if I was to draft one, I would go with Khalil Herbert. And I'm seeing him go kind of later too. I think I've done a few mocks. Um, I want to say I was getting him in like the ninth round, maybe eighth, ninth, tenth round. So um, I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm excited. I think he's going to be more of the workhorse. To be honest with you, he is listed at two on their depth chart. I don't think that lasts very long. I think Khalil Herbert's kind of that guy to get them going. So um, hello, Blaine in the background there. I see him walking, but um, let's go over to the receiving core now of the Chicago bears. Uh, Dom, I'm going to open this up with you, right? This is actually a pretty sneaky, good receiving core. DJ Moore, obviously the big ad. you have Darnell Mooney, who people hope to see take a step up, Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. Um, talk about who's kind of, you want to see be the one, um, and just kind of what they can bring to the table this year. Oh, yeah, it's definitely DJ Moore. They definitely went out and got the guy for a reason. Um, his usage in Carolina was a little tricky. Um, I don't know if they used him the best, and they'll use him in, in a lot better manner here in Chicago for sure. Um, but DJ Moore is definitely the one there for me. And if I was to get a Chicago guy it would be dj Moore followed by commit at the tight end position i like commit i think he can receive the ball very well he's a good blocker too so he, when they run that play action he's going to be there he's going to be open um other than that um i just got I, i'm not a big fan of this room either uh just not very high that's why i have him at four um talk about salt on the lips or the tongue it would be <laughs> dj Moore. Darna Mooney, Chase Claypool in that order, and just not it for me. Yeah, I think you said it best. It was uh, a lot of screens for DJ Moore last year. Maybe that's why they brought P.J. Walker over, so they could throw him some screens late in the game when they're down 40. I don't know. But um, I want to see – I would like to see Darnell Mooney step up a little bit this year. Uh, I think last year there was a lot of hype around Darnell Mooney. He was taken kind of high in drafts, and he burnt a lot of people – and I don't know if that has much to do with him, just as that has to how the offensive line was really bad last year for the Chicago Bears. Um, it's getting a lot better, so that's exciting to see. I think Justin Fields is going to have time to throw the ball, throw the football a little bit more. Um, I have them at two, but I see them playing a lot of close games this year. So I hope um, the targets are there for that receiving core. I think Chase Claypool, he's a good young receiver, but I don't think he's going to be very much. I, I mean, he may be a three, 400-yard guy, maybe. Um, but I think DJ Moore, I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't see any of them surpassing a thousand yards receiving. I, re- I really don't. Um, I think the guy to target is Cole Komet. Um, if, if you do target a guy in drafts, just depend. I think DJ Moore is going a little bit high for me. Darnell Mooney's down a little bit, but Cole Komet's kind of a guy that's dropping way low in drafts that I would, that I would take a, take kind of a, 
a, a pick on for sure. It's it's tough to have a thousand receiving yards when your quarterback only throws for twenty two hundred yards. He gets sacked yeah. fifty yeah. fifty five times. Yeah, yeah. And, and Chase Claypool is doing fashion shows in Paris, and apparently he <laughs> freaking just honestly like the worst like teammate possible. Like, yeah, nothing but bad reports on on Chase Claypool. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I, I'm i kind of with Dom. I don't know if I take a risk on any of those guys other than Cole Komet, which is weird for me to say because I'm taking a risk on Justin Fields, right? Um, so we, we'll definitely see what happens there. Um, Defensive-wise, they add they add guys, like I said, they add TJ Edwards. Um, they add other guys in terms of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, just little, just a few different guys like that. I the defense should be okay. They still have Jaquan Brisker. Um, it's a younger team. The Bears are going to be younger. So um, I'm excited to see a lot of question marks. I'm assuming you guys probably don't have much to say about the defense. I think the pressure definitely – I don't know if there's you can even use the word pressure, right? What, how many games did they win last year? Four? Yeah. Or something, four or something like that. So yeah. um, there's not much pressure from them. And I know me slotting them at two may seem a little high, but I just – for some reason, this division, I don't think the Lions and Packers who I have sitting behind them are going to be as strong as people think they are. So um, we'll wait and see. Um, let's move off the Chicago Bears now and let's go over to a team that I think a lot of people are excited to watch play this year in the Detroit Lions. Um, we're going to start off with Dom here and Jared Goff. Uh, you were actually high on Jared Goff, I believe, if I'm Very not mistaken. So. Talk about Jared Goff just a little bit. He's coming off of a year where he did look decent, 4,400 passing yards, seven picks to 29 touchdowns, very good year. Um, Just talk about him and kind of what you see from Jared Goff this year. Yeah, no, Jared Goff, I mean, he was let go and basically was told he wasn't good enough. And I think last year was him saying, I am pretty good and I'm going to, show you I'm pretty dang good. And he's gonna he's gonna follow that up again this year with I hope a better year. And I'm I'm projecting that and I think they'll give I'll give they'll give the Vikings a good run. Um Jared Goff, he's got the weapons now going after Jameer Gibbs. He's gonna have a pass catcher out of the backfield, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, that dude is a freaking stud. Yeah. After six after six games they'll have Jameson Williams, another stud from Alabama. I mean, he's got weapons at his disposal. Disposal. I mean, added David Montgomery. So it's going to be more of the same with Jared Goff. I think this bigger regression this year will be his tight end play. Losing Hawkinson's pretty freaking huge. Filling in with Sam Laporta. Tight end you. So he could, he probably will be decent. We'll see. It's tough to fill Hawkinson's shoes, but I think Goff can do the same again, if not better. I think. I'll I'll put him down for over 4,500 passing yards. Yeah, and I think you said tight end play. I don't think is going to be a huge deal. I have I have Brock Wright as my number one tight end over there in Detroit right now. Um, but I mean, they went out and got guys for Jared Goff, right? Jameer Gibbs, obviously getting drafted. David Montgomery, a guy that you didn't mention, Marvin Jones Jr. Um, just kind of a resurgence there as well. Um, I'm I'm excited. I, I do want to move over to the running back room just a little bit. I know Jameer Gibbs is definitely Cody's guy. I think he had him at like 11 or something like that in his top 20 running backs. So talk about Jameer Gibbs. I think David Montgomery is the better running back, but 
kind of tell me what you expect out of kind of Gibbs and Montgomery in that running back room. Yeah, I could definitely see it being a, a split workload early. Um, but once they see the playmaking ability that Gibbs brings, I think that he just brings a, a playmaking ability that David Montgomery doesn't. I, he, you, David Montgomery isn't going to outrun people 80 yards down the field, but I promise you, you throw a slant or you put freaking, you throw a screen to Jameer and he can bust it for 80 yards. I mean, this, uh, I am very high on Jameer Gibbs. And I think at the end, uh, towards the middle of the year, he's the clear cut, clear cut RB one. And I think, like I said, in uh, the last podcast that whenever we were breaking him down, I, I, I think that he has a, DeAndre Swift type role and then you know David Montgomery is the is the Williams role you know bring him in so he might get a touchdowns taken away from him a little bit but just look at you know Brees Hall I mean pure pure scorer man is same thing with Jameer Gibbs I I'm very high on this guy I'm drafting a lot of them and I'm drafting them early that's just me and I'll ride with them and what you said kind of scares me a little bit of what a lot of people are saying right I all I'm hearing about Jameer Gibbs is, man, this guy's receiving upside is great. I hear nothing about his rushing upside. I, I hear nothing. And to me, that's a little bit scary where David Montgomery is going to get those early down touches to me. I think Jameer Gibbs will take the pass catching role, but how many carries is he really going to get? You know what I mean? So that does scare me a little bit. Um, Dan Campbell does not like rookie running backs, so he, he doesn't trust them, I don't think. He just never uses them, so that scares me as well. David Montgomery didn't have a bad year last year. He had over 800 yards. He had 300-plus receiving yards as well. So David Montgomery is a proven back. Dan Campbell likes those proven backs. I, I, I get the whole Dan Campbell not liking his rookie running backs, but how can you use a first-round draft capital on a running back if you're not going to use them early? You have to use running backs early in their career because – you're not going to keep a running back on your bench like you would a quarterback that you draft early. You know, it's a lot different. So that's the only thing that I see, man, with running backs, you got to run them and you got to use them early before they deteriorate and they break down. Cause most of these guys are out of the league by the time they're 24, 25. And, and you can say that, and that's a very good point. I mean, why use a first round pick on Jameer Gibbs? Why? But here's another good point. Why go out and spend the money on David Montgomery and, and trade him if you're not going to use him, right? So there's a lot of question marks there. There really is. I think it's a good question mark to have, right? I think you have both bases is covered. I think David Montgomery's a good runner. He's a decent pass catcher. And you can just – they may put both of them on the field at the same time. You don't – we don't know. Jameer um, could play the slot. Yeah, that's the thing. So is, there, is, there is receiving upside there. He could be out in the slot. So I expect a decent year from both of them. I'm staying away just because I don't know what Jameer Gibbs is going a little bit high for me. I think David Montgomery, if he slips a little bit, if you use like kind of the no running back kind of tandem in drafts, if you take receivers early, that might be a really good guy to go get or like a Rashad Penny or something like that. If you use the no running back um, strategy, but Dom, let's, let's go over to Amon Ross St. Brown in this receiving core. Obviously Amon Ross St. Brown is phenomenal, right? Um, had a really good year last year, 1,100 yards. It seemed like um, he had more than that. He had 106 receptions, 146 targets. He had six touchdowns. Talk about him, and then talk about Jamison Williams and, and and Marvin Jones Jr. as well a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm on Rob, man. I'm, I'm high on him, as we've talked about. I think I had, like, wide receiver eight or nine 
Uh, he it does seem like he had more yards last year, but the what's impressive to me is the 106 catches, just him catching the ball every single time, getting 146 targets. That's a pretty good catch rate right there. Um, I'm I'm sure he'll break out a few more yards than that this year, especially being the future wide receiver over there and him taking on a lot of the target shares. It looks like almost double everybody else. It is double everybody else. So he's going to – I'm in for a big year for Amon Ra. And then you look at Jameson Williams last year. I think he had two receptions with his top last year, playing in six total games. He's got to step it up, man. There's a lot of hype around him when he came out last year. So uh, six-game suspension – I think he would get in trouble gambling, right? Yeah. Uh, just knucklehead. I mean, you're in the league, man. You gotta, you gotta hold yourself to a higher standard. Um, yeah. That's just me. That's just me. But six games. I think after his six games, he will come out and be a good wide receiver for them. I, I don't know if he'll come on the scene. It might take a few weeks. I, I see Josh Reynolds kind of stepping up more. Oh. Then. During that time, for sure, uh, um, it's definitely Marvin Jones being the two during that six-game absence of Jamison Williams. He's really got to step it up, and I think that's what he's looking for. He's coming over from the Jags, right? Yeah, yep. Coming from the Jags. I mean, he had a – what do you have? He had a decent year last year. I'm not looking at his stats. Yeah, he – so he was there – to me, he was there three as well, right, because they had Christian Kirk and um, uh, Zay Jones, who, who yep. was yeah. very good last year. Uh, I believe Marvin Jones, I'm not looking at his stats either. I think he had over 500 yards last year, just over. I was looking at him earlier, but I think it was like 500 and something with three touchdowns. Right. Um, so it wasn't a bad year for being a number three. So he definitely, with Jamison Williams out, Jamison Williams had one catch on nine targets for a 41-yard touchdown. Oh, was, I'm sorry. It was two targets was his max last year. Yeah, one nine, catch. That's nine right. total targets, uh, one catch, 41-yard touchdown. I see Jamison Williams kind of being like a Jerry Judy, just not as tar- just not as many targets. He just seems like he's going to be a deep threat guy to me, um, a guy that kind of comes to my mind that didn't really get a chance, like a kind of like a Henry Rubs, right? A guy sure. that was just a big, big play threat. They just send him straight down the field. I, but I'd like to see when he gets back, like you said, uh, this is going to be a learning year. I hope he gets four or five targets a game. I don't really see anything higher than that. But um, out of – I'll ask you both this question. It's got to be more than Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, though, right? Like, who has to be the guy? Is it going to be Jameer Gibbs? Um, is it going Is it going to be David Montgomery? Is it going to be Marvin Jones or Josh Reynolds? Who has to step up other than, other than Amon Ross St. Brown? We'll start with Cody. Yeah, mine's just going to be the running back duo. I think that this running back duo is going to be a little bit better than the DeAndre Swift uh, – Jamal Williams backfield last year. So uh, it's going to be on them for me. Dom? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Cody. I mean, Jamal Williams scored 17 rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift at five. I would like to see more, to be honest. Yep. And I'd like, I'd like to see him catch the ball out of the backfield better. Um, it was a little underused last year, but they didn't need it. So I think, I think it's the running back room for me. Yeah, and I, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think uh... – if you look at like the if you look at the receivers, Amon Ra is going to be the guy. They just need another. I think if another guy can receive over six, seven hundred yards, I think they'll be fine. Um, I, this may be the lowest 
in terms of receiving yards and touchdowns tight end room wise, it may be the worst tight end room in football. No disrespect to those guys, just very unproven. Um, but let's move over real quick to the Detroit Lions defense, because this is where they made some big additions, right? Cam Sutton, CJ Gardner, Johnson. Um, they add Emmanuel Mosley as well. Um, and then you add them to Aiden Hutchinson, who was good last year, James Houston, um, Alex Anzalone. So they weren't very good on defense last year. I think one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, Cody, just talk about the defense real quick. I think a lot of the pressure is on that defense for them to be contenders this year, right? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with all those additions. Um, Alex Anzalone, great middle linebacker. Um, I'm, I've been very big since Hard Knocks on Aiden Hutchinson. We've seen this kid on Hard Knocks. He works his tail off, and I can easily see him, you know, having a defensive player of the year uh, year. Not maybe this year, but it, it is in his future. Um, he's that he's that type of a talent. So uh, the the ads that they made on the defensive end, man, uh, with the scoring that they do, the air raid offense that they're gonna have this year, and then mix in with the new guys in the backfield. Um, I, I this team's gonna be good, and that defense is gonna be pretty good if they could score 30 points a game like they were last year man I mean they they got potential NFC North winning potential so and I think you and you and Dom both had them at two so I think this is probably the team that you guys could see winning the NFC North over the Vikings I think the Vikings obviously are the favorites but it seems like you two aren't very high on the Bears or Green Bay this year I don't think they really it seems like you two kind of have them set at the three four slot um, but it's it does seem like it's a division between the Vikings and Lions. I took a little bit of a risk having the Bears at two, um, but that's just that has a lot to do with my liking of Justin Fields, obviously. But um, yeah, Detroit should be exciting. They should be good. So I'm excited to kind of see the year that they have. Let's finish up the NFC North now with the Green Bay Packers, where obviously there's a lot of question marks, right? Um, we're going to start with Dom on this one. Um, Jordan loves season over there in Green Bay. We've been waiting for it for a while. Um, they did get Mr. Sean Clifford as well, my Penn State guy, who I could not stand to watch, but whatever. Um, but talk about Jordan Love just a little bit um, and what kind of year you see, because he, uh, he is young, he is fresh, and is he ready? Oof, that's the, that's the million-dollar question. The Jordan Love season. Let's see. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not not sold on Jordan Love, but I'm not sold on Jordan Love. You know, it's the kind of like that middle ground. Like he had some glimpses when he came in, but he also had some really, really. Who is this guy? Why he get picked so high? He's Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Um, so. We'll see. There's some good reports there. He's getting a lot of love from his teammates, hard worker, big strides. He's he's the guy. I don't know. I'm, I can't really tell you. I I think they have some glimpses of a really good team. Um, he's going to lead the team, which is kind of scary. But um, I do have them at three this year for their division. And it's going to be part of the Jordan Love. Yeah, I. the thing that scares me, well, I mean, if you look in the past, right, Brett Favre hands the reins over to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is great. Aaron Rodgers now hands the reins over to Jordan Love. I mean, hypothetically speaking, you think he's going to be pretty good, right? Yeah. Just because of the track record. So 
he learned behind a really good quarterback. So that is very, that benefits him a lot. Here is where he doesn't have that same, same uh, reign as Aaron Rodgers did. He is coming into a receiving core that's young. So is he. So there's no veteran receivers there. The veteranship comes from Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who are still younger guys, right? They're still in their twenties. So um, that scares me a little bit. I, I think leadership on this team is, they say Jordan loves a great leader, but he's young, right? I, I don't see the veteran leadership there. Um, that scares me. That does scare me a little bit. So um, let's talk about, I mean, I think the biggest part of this offense other than Jordan love is going to be those running backs, right, Cody? I mean, you have Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, that running back duo who has been very good in the past. Um, A lot of people think they take a big step back with Jordan Love at quarterback. What do you kind of see for A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones? And who do you see as your number one as well in that backfield? Yeah, well, it's uh, Aaron Jones is my number one. Um, I think that peak A.J. Dillon was last year, and I think that's like a thing of the past I think that he's a good goal line guy. I think that he's a good two, but Aaron um, Aaron Jones this is his backfield, um, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and I, I they're gonna have to run the ball early and often with Jordan Love this year. Um, they're gonna have to pound the ball and they're gonna have to throw a lot of screens that Aaron Jones is very used to. Aaron Jones is very used to getting a healthy workload in the screen game and running his little you know, his little uh, running back option routes out of the backfield. So it, they're going to have – those guys are going to have to carry this team, I think. Yep. You can't rely on that wide receiver core. So they're going to have a lot of work, and it's – yeah. And and looking at Aaron Jones' stats, I mean, 213 carries. He had 1,100 rushing yards. I didn't realize he rushed for that many. Um, only two touchdowns. He added five, he had 5.3 yards of carry. That's crazy in the NFL. So that's really cool to see. He also had 59 receptions and 400 receiving yards. So, um, and then you had AJ Dillon, who I think had 40 less carries. I think he had 186. Um, He doesn't really have much receiving upside. He had 770 rushing yards. So they almost rushed for 2000 as a duo, which is really good. Um, but I think you said it best. I think Aaron Jones is the guy, I think receiving upside wise, he's going to be on the field a lot. AJ Dillon, I think will be on the field for obviously red zone purposes and short yardage, but I would like to see them kind of revert back to Aaron Jones being a workhorse for them. Um, like I said, he got 200 carries last year and rushed for over 1100. So the, the rushing upsides there, the receiving upsides there, I don't think it's a competition. So um, Dom, let's talk about the young receiving core. Um, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed is the top three for them. Super young. Um, who, who has to step up and be the one this year? And are you taking a risk on any of these guys in any of your fantasy redrafts? So, yeah, it's definitely Watson. Um, we saw he's got a lot of hype around him because he's got the explosiveness. And I'm pretty sure Cody is in, you're in love with Christian Watson or you like Christian Watson? I liked him with Aaron Rodgers. I don't really okay. like Jordan Love. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I mean, he had what the three touchdown game last year. That was cool. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be doing that this year, but if Christian Watson's your one, that really that kind of scares me, right? And then you got Romeo Dobbs. A lot of hype around him preseason last year. I had him in my league last year, beginning early, and then he had a contact injury about 
40 yards down the field and someone wiped out his knee. So that was really terrible for him. Um, coming back from a knee injury, that's always really tough. And their oldest wide receiver is 25 years old, and he's their wide receiver at five. So I'd, I'd, no, no is my answer for anybody in that wide receiver core. Um, but if I had to take a flyer, my flyer would actually be um, Christian Watson. Cody? Yeah, same. Christian Watson. I had him last year. Uh, yeah. He finished with 41 receptions. He had 611 yards. I think he had a three-touchdown game or something like that. He had that big – It was four. four I'm going to say four. four. Yeah. Big four-touchdown yeah. game. So that was kind of his coming-out party there. Um, and then, obviously, Romeo Dobbs had 425 yards and three touchdowns. I think it was Romeo Dobbs, actually, in game – it was early in the season, game one or two, that had a big drop. And I thought that was it for him because it just yeah. seemed like that happens. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't trust those guys. But um, I think Aaron Rodgers' assignment last year was to kind of build that offense up. I saw this kind of coming. Um, I, I did see this. I did see this coming last year. So we'll kind of just wait and see with the offense. But looking at it, it's a young offense. There's not much to expect other than can, what is Jordan Love going to do? Can the running backs stay healthy and do what they need to do? And then who steps up in the receiving core? Um, I, I think – Defensive wise, I mean, let's just talk about real quick. They're at, I have no big key additions for them. They lost the defensive guys. That's literally what I have on my paper here. Defense is what they added. Lost Alan Lazard. They lose Aaron Rodgers. They lose Adrian Amos. And then uh, before today, I said, okay, well, they still have Robert Tanyan. Well, they lost Robert Tanyan too. So it's just a totally revamped um, Green Bay offense. Obviously, Dom, a lot of pressure has to be on the defense, right? I think to keep them in games. Uh, Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, um, Devondre Campbell. So they got some decent names over there, but really looking up and down this roster, it's not that strong this year, it doesn't look like. No, I mean, historically they've had a decent defense, but I think they'll be on the field too much to have any kind of shot at running for the title of the division this year. Yeah, and I, I think you just said it the best. I mean, I, I think this year, um, I think Aaron Jones is going to obviously be the best pickup you can get out of this offense. A.J. Dillon is not – I don't think A.J. Dillon has much appeal to me at all this year. I just don't know how much running they're, they're going to be doing this year. Um, but we'll wait and see. I mean, you really never know. I have them finishing at four. I know Cody also has them finishing at four. I think you had them finishing in front of Chicago. Um, so you're uh, you're obviously a little bit higher on the young roster, but um, obviously I think we all can agree, and no disrespect, but I don't think any of us see Green Bay making, um, making a playoff run. So that kind of does close down our two divisions that we were going to go over tonight. Dom, I do want you to look up real quick um, just some over-under win totals this year. Um, I don't, I'm looking at both divisions now. I think the Bengals, I don't see the Vi NFC North. I don't see anyone making a deep playoff run. I'll be completely honest with you guys. I, I don't think, I think Minnesota has the best shot. Um, I just don't see them being a Super Bowl contender. And then I, the Bengals and Ravens, I would say are the two in the AFC North that could be Super Bowl contenders, just depending. Um, but before Dom gets into, um, that next week, we are going to go over the final division that we haven't gone over, the NFC West. 
and then I know it was um, it was kind of a fan question if we could go over some defenses. So we will go over the top ten defenses as well, um, just for some people to know. Um, going to be tough, kind of a tough topic, but definitely excited to break it down just so people can kind of get an understanding of where we're at with those defenses. So Dom, if you are ready, let's hear some over under totals and what kind of bets we would take this year. So you got the Baltimore Ravens under nine and a half wins at plus 150 over is minus 170 over nine and a half wins nine and a half yep under under is plus 150 over is minus 170 like either of those (laughs) cincinnati bank cincinnati Bengals under 11 and a half wins is minus 130 over 11 and a half wins is plus 110. Hmm. The Cleveland Browns, nine and a half wins under is minus 135. Over is plus 115. And then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a little bit down the list here. Uh, it's got to be. Half, eight and a half under plus 135. Over minus 155. Oof. All right. So we'll stop there real quick. I'm taking under eight and a half on the Steelers this year. I know history doesn't write itself, but for plus 135, I like that line a lot. Um, I kind of like the under nine and a half for the Browns. I think they, I think nine is the ceiling for them. I'm going to be honest with you. I see nine and eight. Um, Baltimore, man, I hate both of those lines over nine and a half at minus 170. I hate that. That's tough. Um, so I'm probably taking the under there at one plus 150. Um, I, God, I just don't think I can lay 170 on 10 wins. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's steep for me. And then Bengals wise, um, 11 and a half. I'm probably taking the over 11 and a half at plus 110. Um, but yeah, I think my bet to take for that division, as I said, I like under eight and a half for the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 135. That's my bet to take. I'll take uh, I'll take the Cleveland Browns plus one fifteen over nine and a half wins. Yeah, I got two. I'll take the over eight and a half for the Steelers at minus one fifty five. Shout out Mike Tomlin, and then I'm gonna give one with plus money. Give me Cincy over an eleven and a half for uh, plus one ten. Dom, you got some uh, NFC North breakdowns real quick for us. Yep, we have the Chicago Bears at seven and a half wins. Under is plus 110, over minus 130. You got the Lions at nine and a half wins. Under is plus 100, over minus 120. You got the Packers at seven and a half wins. Over and the under is both minus 110. And then you got the Vikings at Eight and a half wins. Mm. Under is plus 110. Over is minus 130. All right. Um, my two bets from this division, over eight and a half wins plus, you said minus 110, or what'd you say for uh, over eight and a half for the Vikings? Minus 130. I like that. I'm taking minus 130 over eight and a half for the Vikings. Um, God, those Bears lines. The under is so much more appealing to me. I have them finishing second, so I think they're going to win more than seven games. 
uh, seven and a half games. But I feel like the under plus 110 is a better line than the over 130. Um, the Lions, nine and a half under is plus 100. Give me that yep. line all day. And then I also like the under Packers, seven and a half for minus 110. Cody, what do you got? Yeah, I like the Packers under seven and a half at minus 110. And then I, I my favorite line on this whole on both actually is going to be over eight and a half for the Vikings at minus 130. Why does that, why does that seem too easy? Bet the bet the house on that shit. No idea. Oh my god. Do they they must know something. Bet yeah, the they house. always do. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking the Bears under seven and a half wins plus one ten. And then I'm taking um where is it? I'm gonna take the Lions over nine and a half wins at minus one twenty. I, nice. I don't like the minus one twenty there. I, I don't, but that's I mean Lions believers. I what did you you had the Lions at did you have the lines up? Finish in second. Second. Yeah, so I can see that. So there's your guys' lines. Hopefully we helped you out a little bit. Um, but hopefully we enjoyed the AFC and NFC North breakdown. Guys, gentlemen, it's always fun. I had a lot of fun. But Peace. until next time, peace. 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 Nice job.